Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Oki Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog. And it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a like timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three, Hello everyone and welcome to Okie Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss the death of Jewel Stevens, a school teacher from Claremore, Oklahoma, who was rushed to the hospital with a gunshot wound to her chest. In this episode, we will discuss what happened, why, and what's happened since. But first, if you're a first-time listener to experience this podcast to its finest, Hit that subscribe button so when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Then, head on over to our YouTube page, Forgotten True Crime. Here you can watch each episode packed with videos, pictures, documents, and lots of the research that goes into making this podcast. Here we can discuss the case together, and perhaps come up with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show. Linktree is in the description. I hope you enjoy the show. When you work in a hospital, you are always preparing for the unknowable. There's always something going on. A crisis can break out at any moment. This is one thing that has always stayed constant in the medical field for the last hundred years. This was no different in Claremore, Oklahoma on December 18, 1937. A man entered the hospital carrying a woman who was covered in blood. The doctors and nurses took the woman and began doing what they could for her. She had been shot in the chest and was bleeding out fast. According to the man, they had an argument. She grabbed his gun out of his overcoat and shot herself. He tried to stop her, but it was too late. The staff knew that there was very little they could do for this woman. Even if they were able to get to her right away, this would be a very difficult procedure. As the woman died on the operating table, the doctor looked at the woman's face. She had a fresh, swollen black eye and a broken nose. When he pointed this out to the nurse, they discussed the man's story and how things didn't seem to quite add up. So they decided to discuss her death with the police. They would have done this anyways, but they wanted to pass on their suspicions. They called the police station and spoke to Sheriff Tom Dean. The sheriff agreed that there was something suspicious about the man's story. He went to the hospital and got the official statement from the woman's husband. His name was William Stevens. 
He was a 26-year-old and was employed with the McAllister prison as a guard. He had gone to go pick up his wife at his sister's house, and they got into an argument. She was very upset about something that was going on, and he decided to borrow a friend's car to get to her quickly. On their way home, they got into an argument. He stated that he pulled over and got out of the car to cool off. He had left his overcoat in the car. When he returned to the car, he saw his 22-year-old wife, Jewel Stevens, pointing a gun to her chest. He reached through the car window and grabbed the gun. They struggled and the gun went off. She had shot herself. He then quickly drove her to the hospital. The sheriff asked William what he and his wife were fighting over and he just wouldn't say. It was just after midnight. The sheriff decided that there were too many things not adding up in this case. So he decided he was going to arrest William on the suspicion of murder and booked him into the jail. The next day, the sheriff and the county attorney, D.M. Battenfield, decided to meet up and start investigating the case. Now, at this time, when someone died and it could have been murder, the county attorney would like a coroner's jury to take place so that they could know for sure what the cause of death was. If you don't know, a coroner's jury is a practice where medical professionals are gathered to do an autopsy. They would each come to their own conclusion, and they would cast their votes on the cause of death. This is a practice that actually dates back to medieval England. And it's not done very often anymore, but I think that there is some room for bringing it back, especially in high-profile cases where someone may have a bias that may affect their findings. But in this case, there was no need for it. It didn't take a medical professional to state that the cause of death here was a gunshot wound to the chest. The sheriff spoke to Jules' parents. She had spent part of the day with them before she decided to walk over to her sister's home. Both of her parents state that her face was fine at the time. She didn't have a black eye or a broken nose. They then interviewed Jules' sister. She stated that Jules left when William came to pick her up. When she left her house, she was fine. No black eye and no broken nose. It was shortly after she left her sister's house, she apparently suffered bruises and a broken nose and then was shot. Both the sheriff and the county attorney were very careful about this case. William Stevens was a guard at the state prison and came from a family of lawmen. They knew that this looked like murder, and they wanted to make sure that there was no doubt about it when this went to trial. But when they got back to the station, they discovered that William was going to make things as difficult as possible. He refused to talk to authorities so they couldn't get more details out of him or be able to see if he changed his story over time. So they did just about the only thing that they could do. They got him set up for a preliminary hearing and where he would make a plea and they could present their evidence. The hearing was set for a few weeks later. With little news coming out about this case, the townspeople became afraid 
that the county was going to do a favor for William and let him walk. So they started a petition, and when they gathered a substantial amount of signatures, they sent it to Governor Maryland. The governor decided that he was going to step in the day before the hearing. He appointed a special assistant attorney to take 10 days and take a look at the case. If he sees no red flags, they were going to reschedule the hearing with the county attorney that was already established. During this time, the special attorney took a look at the case. He saw that there was nothing fishy going on and that everyone was treating this like any other case and then turned it back to the original attorney. While all of this was going on, the attorney for the defense was trying his best to get this case out of the county. He felt that there was no way to receive a fair trial that was so negatively covered in the local press. But the judge denied his request. The trial started on March 16, 1938. William pled not guilty to the charges of murder, and everything was set to begin. The first thing that the defense did was that they brought in the staff at the hospital to set what happened and how Jewel arrived and in what kind of condition. They also brought in the death car so that the jury could one by one take a look at it and see the bullet hole in the passenger seat. This was very impactful to the jury and the defense knew it. The defense filed for a mistrial stating that the introduction of the car and the inspection of it was going to sway the jury unfairly. The request was denied. Jewel's sister then testified when Jewel left her house, she did not have any bruises or a broken nose. The defense could see the writing on the wall here. There was a lot going against William. And the only way they were going to stand a chance was if William himself testified in his defense. It's his story that he went to pick up his wife from his sister's house. She wanted to leave her house because she was uncomfortable because her sister was with a bootlegger friend. He stated that they borrowed the car from George Manaphee. On their way out of town, they got into a fight. He stopped the car and got out for a few minutes. He said when he returned to the car, his wife found his gun in his overcoat, and she pointed it at her chest. He tried to wrestle it from her, but she was able to fire it into her chest before he got the gun away from her. He then stated that he quickly drove to the hospital. She was still in a sitting position, and while he was driving, her head fell forward, and hit the dash of the car a couple of times while he was driving. That's how she got the black eye and the broken nose. After his testimony, the case was handed over to the jury. They had the case overnight and came back with a verdict the next day. Guilty. The jury recommended the sentence would be life in prison. It was reported that William was relieved he didn't end up with the death penalty. The judge asked William if he had anything to say. The only thing he said was he asked the judge not to place him in McAllister prison because that's where he worked before, and the inmates knew him there, and he was afraid that they were going to kill him. 
four days later, the judge sentenced William to life in prison. And the prison he was assigned to was going to be the McAllister prison, the one that he used to work at. His face went pale when the prison was announced. William went to prison, although I couldn't find any real information of him past this time. Believe me, I searched. I went through a lot of prison records. I bet William didn't have too good of a time in prison, though. So what do you think? Did William kill Jewel? Uh, let me know in the comments below. Do you think this case was done correctly? I'm kind of mixed on this one, honestly. You know, I think he made mistakes not coming up with answers in the beginning. And I think if he were to have told them about her face falling and hitting the car dash, it would have, uh, if he would have done that in the beginning, maybe her head did fall forward and hit the dash. That's, you know, cars at this time are not forgiving vehicles. They don't have padded dashboards. So you could imagine that if she did fall forward, it would it would explain why she had that broken nose and maybe a black eye. I don't know. But I think all in all, I think they got this one correct. I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say. Let me know in the comments below, and I will see you guys next time. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.